0: And Hashem said to Moshe, saying, The following is the law regarding the procedure that must be followed in order to rid a person of tzarat. The process of purification must take place during the day. So interesting, in the previous partial we spoke about the defilement, and this partial we talk more about the purification. Once the symptoms of tzarat have disappeared, he must be brought to the Kohen, who is designated to examine him, but only after the priest had gone outside the camp, since the afflicted person had been banished from the camp, and may not re-enter it until he is pronounced rid of this defilement. The priest must examine him, and if the lesion of Tsarat has healed an afflicted person, the priest must order someone to take for the person who is purified, two fowl that are alive and not suffering from fatal disease, and of a species that does not render one spiritually defiled, plus an unpeeled cedar stick, at least a cubit long, 48 centimeters and 19 inches, a strip of scarlet wool, and some hyssop. The fowl alludes to the fact that the tsaras is a corrective punishment for gossip or slander, which are usually said in the course of idle chatter, which is reminiscent of how fowl chirp. So, quack, quack, quack. Um, sorry, that was a bad chirp. The stick of a tall cedar tree alludes to haughtiness, which is also punishable by tsaras. The strip of wool dyed with the scarlet blood of a lowly worm and the lowly hyssop allude to the humility that the sufferer must learn and orator not make these mistakes and to repent. The cedar stick and the hyssop must be bound together using the excess length of the strip of scarlet wool. The priest must order someone to slaughter one fowl such that its blood drip into an earthenware vessel and onto spring water that has been placed in that vessel. The amount of water that must be placed in the vessel is one quarter of a lug, 86 mil. And more than this will dilute the fowl's blood to the point that it will no longer be discernible in the water. Even though this fowl is from a species normally permitted for consumption and was slaughtered properly, you may not eat it. In order to prevent anyone from eating it, it is buried immediately after being slaughtered. As for the live fowl... The priest must take it along with the bundle comprising the cedar stick, the strip of scarlet, wood, and the hyssop, and dip the bundle along with the live fowl into the blood of the slaughtered fowl that previously dripped into the spring water. He must then sprinkle some of the solution of blood and spring water um, seven times upon the back of the hand of the person being purified from saras, and that's how he purifies him. The priest must then send away the live fowl into an open field, and the fowl is permitted for consumption if it's subsequently caught. The person being purified must then immerse his garments in a mikvah, shave off all the hair of his body with a razor, even those parts of the head that it is normally forbidden to shave, and immerse himself in the water of a mikvah, and thus will be purified to an additional degree, although not yet completely. After this he may enter the camp, but he must remain outside his tent, as in he may not engage in marital relations for seven days. On the seventh day, he must again shave off all his hair, but this time only the hair, which is similar to the one on his head, beard, eyebrows, as in he must shave off all his hair from the parts of the body that are usually visible. And interesting, this is learned from a, a definition in Talmud called klalu pratu Klal, basically when the Torah sometimes gives a general rule, then detailed and general rule. We learn various laws. There's another way of learning things, which is called ribui miut Um When the Torah adds a lot of details, then diminishes details, then adds details, then we basically learn certain processes accordingly. The point is that what I just said, which here have to be cut off, is not literal in the Torah, but it's the way the Torah understands it, the way the sages understand it based on these principles. He must then again immerse his garments and immerse his flesh in the water of mikveh and thus be purified to an even greater degree, although still not completely. On the eighth day, he must take two unblemished male lambs in their first year and one unblemished female lamb in its first year in order to sacrifice them. One as an olah, an ascent offering, one as a, guilty, a guilt offering, a chatat, and one as a sin offering, an asham, respectively, as will be described presently. All three of these offerings require accompanying grain offerings and wine um, for pouring for libation. Even though, as you will be taught later, guilt offerings and sin offerings are not generally accompanied by grain and wine offerings. Therefore, in addition to the three animals, um, the person being purified must take three tenths of an ephah of fine flour, with each mixed with a quarter of a hin of olive oil as a grain offering. This is measurements we spoke about in the previous parsha. In addition, he must take one lug of olive oil for the purification rites, as will be presently described. The Kohen who is performing the purification must position the person, together with all these items, outside the tent, the entrance of the, of the Mishkan, within the courtyard, but outside Mishkan, um, the Mishkan, since the person cannot yet actually enter the tabernacle precinct, since he is not completely purified. The priest must take one male lamb and bring it into the courtyard in order to sacrifice as a guilt offering along with the log of oil. Before slaughtering the lamb, he must wave them as a wave offering before Hashem.